0: Jim Pugh is a staff attorney in Earth Justice's D.C. office. They use the power of law and the strength of partnership to protect people's health, to preserve magnificent places and wildlife, and to advance clean energy and to combat climate change. Yes, that is real, folks. Jim is joining us this afternoon. Hey, Jim, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us.
1: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on.
0: Supreme Court's hearing a lot of critical cases these days, and uh, you know, one of which would be making a decision, rather historic decision, on mercury pollution from coal, um, possibly disregarding the cost to the entire industry. Talk to us about this uh, and the arguments the Supreme Court is going to hear on this critical case.
1: Well, first of all, you're right. This really is a critical decision. Um, the the rule that is going in front of the of the court on Wednesday this week. Uh, is going to save between four and eleven thousand lives every year. In fact, that that much is undisputed. And so, if it if it's left in place, which is what we want and what the Environmental Protection Agency wants, and what a number of states are supporting, that many more people will stay alive next year and the year after that. But if the coal industry gets gets what they want, those people won't stay alive. There will be there will be thousands of unnecessary deaths. Uh, for no better reason than to preserve profits for the for the coal industry so that the stakes couldn't be higher
0: so people don't think that you're blowing smoke no pun intended here <laughs> um, and uh, that you're you know uh, being sensationalistic we we were talking about realities when you talk about people's lives because we you know this case involves mercury and not just mercury but other toxic air pollution that come uh, from the coal-fired power plants uh, so, you know, uh, and, and we know, we know just some statistics when we look at certain states that have this heavy industry, West Virginia is one um, off the top of my head, um, w- what it has done uh, to the lungs and to the environment and to, to many people when you look at cancer and you look at death rates and you just look at illness or respiratory failure in those communities.
1: That's right. The numbers are shocking and they sound sensational, but that's one of the amazing things is they aren't even in dispute. Nobody's arguing that, that, that this rule won't save that many lives.
0: How did this come to the Supreme Court, and are you surprised the Supreme Court is going to hear this case? Because it would seem with certain issues, anything that has to do with environmental issues or climate change, they don't seem to be as enthusiastic about selecting it for their docket of topics to, uh, to peruse and, and cases to make a decision on.
1: Well, you know, it's been a really long and twisting road uh, for this to get here. Um, It's literally taken decades for EPA to issue this rule because the the coal industry has fought it uh, tooth and nail uh, since the 1990s, and they filed lawsuit after lawsuit to try to stop it. During the Bush administration, they persuaded the Environmental Protection Agency to derail it at the agency level, and uh, that that effort was was thrown out by a court uh, in 2008. And since then, they've they've been fighting it, uh, trying to prevent EPA from getting the rule out, and then fighting it in court again. So this is this is this fight has been going on for a long, long time. Uh, but what's sort of surprising is that, well, the power industry has been, you know, sort of digging in its heels and refusing to clean up. During those same years, every other industry in the country—the chemical industry, the refining industry, the steel industry—they've all gone through this same regulatory process that the power industry has been trying to dodge
0: you know i'm i'm very pro union and it's interesting because even the unions are split uh on the issue of coal because there are people out there that say with the technology there is a a way to uh, utilize clean coal that would avoid many if not all of these issues correct
1: that's right the you know there there are some coals that are cleaner than others and really one of the things that I, I think the, you know, the, the power industry has been trying to hide is that the technology to clean up even the dirtiest coal has been on the market since the 1970s. Uh, you know, cleaning up these plants is not rocket science.
0: Is it it's, very expensive? Is that why they don't do it? I mean, you know, money, the bottom line, is always the number one issue with these corporations.
1: Well, it's, the, the cost is not trivial, but I think that they would balk at any cost. Uh, and so I, I think they're I, I think cost is the issue they don't want to pay for putting on the control technology but it's not a technology that they can't afford uh, and when you look at the numbers when you put the cost to to industry of, of putting on these controls side by side with the cost to the public of not putting them on of, of just letting this pollution come out uncontrolled um, it's dollars to donuts the the cost of the rule uh, for the entire industry, is nine billion dollars, which is a high number, but the cost of not cleaning up for the rest of the country is between thirty and ninety billion. So it really is between three to one and nine to one in cost, and that is really that's that even that's an understatement because that's just looking at some of the benefits.
0: The EPA, you know, I think it's fair to ask, and I'm glad the Supreme Court is taking this because the EPA says. How can we make a decision on whether and how to protect the public and the environment from toxic air pollution if we don't look at the effect on the industry's uh, bottom line? Um, I I know that, you know, you guys have mentioned in the past the D.C. Circuit Court rejecting uh, this argument. And, you know, the the bottom line is this is their last attempt. Highest Court in the Land makes the decision. This is where we don't pass, go, or collect 200. They're going to make a decision one way or the other.
1: Well, that's right. Um, the, although I think that the effect of you know if if the if the Supreme Court decides to leave the rule in place, then the benefits start right away. People start not dying this year and next year. The effect of the if the Supreme Court decides to throw the rule out is not that the the power industry would then uh, somehow get off uh, completely without ever having to control its pollution, but it would get. Uh, a big part of what it wants, because the, the protections would get put off for years. If you if you look at how many years it took to get to this point uh, and get these controls in place for for a law that was passed in 1990, it, it's taken you know a long, long time. You know, the concern is that there could be a lot more delay, and that people who could be protected during that time wouldn't be protected.
0: You guys at Earth Justice have represented other uh, groups, environmental groups, uh, uh, conservation, excuse me, groups, in successful litigation in federal court that challenged and overturned a weak standard for air toxic regulation uh, and then have argued that case in the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for the District of Columbia. Um, You guys have done it on behalf of several organizations, Sierra Club, Clean Air Council, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, the NAACP, um, uh, defending these health safeguards that were – like you said, decades overdue, because of your success in representing these organizations, do you feel confident that the Supreme Court will make the right decision?
1: Well, I, I can tell you what I what I think about the case, um, but I, I I think if you know if if I or any other lawyer tries to tell you what the court is a court is going to decide, they're they're probably uh, you know making a, a you know I guess that they shouldn't be making. i I'd, I'd rather not do that. Uh, but I can tell you that what this this rule stands very solidly on the law uh, what the law intended EPA to do was to take a look at the at the health hazards and the environmental hazards that would exist uh, would still be coming out of the power plant after it met the other um, requirements it was going to have to meet under the Clean Air Act for example the acid rain program and EPA did that analysis and the conclusion it came to which you know, was not terribly surprising was that the coal industry, uh, you know, would go into this program, would, you know, would, would you know, was has, was the worst emitter before the other controls. And even after the other controls, controls under the other parts of the Clean Air Act were put in place, the power industry was still going to be the worst emitter of all of these toxics. It was still going to emit more mercury than any other industry, more arsenic, more chromium, more lead. Um, the power industry is, is simply put, the you know, the the dirtiest industry out there, and until uh, they do, until they have to meet these rules, they're going to stay that way. They're going to be, you know, both the worst emitter and the single emitter that that hasn't put the effort into cleaning up its toxic emissions.
0: Why don't you think anybody from the left, or, or, or have they, and we're not, you know, aware of how much legislation has been put forth, or uh, you know, a, a move uh, to? Uh, revise and to modernize the 1990 Clean Air Act. Um, the the amendments of that 1990 Clear, Clean Air Act by uh, Congress obviously gave the EPA the authority to set limits requiring the maximum achievable reductions in mercury, arsenic, lead, uh, many other hazardous air pollutants. But this is 2015. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, just like with medicine, scientific technology moves at a much faster speed than politicians legislate.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. This is one law that Congress really got right the first time. When it, you know, the law that Congress passed back in 1990 is a good, strong law. The problem hasn't been the law. The problem has been uh, the delay tactics by the coal industry, and unfortunately, uh, a substantial delay that took place from, well, about January 2000 uh, until uh, January of 2008.
0: Why do you think that this industry has – I mean, for example, do you have people like the Koch brothers behind this, that type of money? Do you have the type of money you have with oil like BP and Exxon and Shell and Chevron uh, behind the coal industry? And I say that because I, I don't think many Americans think of coal as being as uh, lucrative or having such you know big names of big wallets and big check-writing ability behind it.
1: You know, that's a great question. I don't know exactly how much money the coal industry has as opposed to some of the other big players, but I think it's a lot, and whatever they have, uh, they have deployed very effectively because uh, they have been better than any other industry at dodging uh, the obligation to clean up their, uh, their toxic emissions. The refining industry uh, met standards to control toxic emissions in the 1990s, for example, uh, so the, the the power industry has done a, has done a, an exceptional, in fact, a unique job of of dodging them. Uh, but you know, hopefully, the dodges have have come to an end. We'll find out uh, you know sometime after Wednesday. But you know, really, the time you know the time should should have come to an end a long time ago. That these these really are, you know, apart from you know sort of the gamesmanship, these really are the worst emitters. And cleaning them up will save. Thousands of lives a year. So I, I hope that we can finally get past all of the maneuvering and really get the protection that the, the Clean Air Act has required for the last 25 years.
0: Yep, we're going to uh, see if the Supreme Court makes the final decision on uh, those standards. And you know, I mean, Congress ordered the EPA to set them; they're set. Why aren't we following them? We'll talk more right after this quick break. I'm Leslie Marshall. He is Jim Pugh, and he is staff attorney in Earth Justice's Washington, D.C. office. Check out the website for Earth Justice, EarthJustice.org, and Twitter. Follow them there at Earth Justice. We are back. Talking with our guest, staff attorney in Earth Justice's D.C. office, Mr. Jim Q. The 1990 Clean Air Act amendments by Congress gave the EPA authority to set limits requiring the maximum achievable reductions in mercury, arsenic, lead, and many other hazardous pollutants that coal-fired power plants emit. Now, coal-fired power plants are the largest industrial source of toxic air pollution. They're responsible for 50 percent of the total U.S. emissions of mercury, and that is a potent neurotoxin. Just to let you know, neurotoxin affects your brain and your nerves, particularly dangerous to children. If you uh, drink too much alcohol due to too many drugs, Uh, and, uh, you know, have too much uh, radiation. All uh, can have neurotoxic effects. In December 2011, the EPA issued the first ever mercury and air toxic standards for mercury and other toxic air pollution from power plants by requiring the oldest and worst polluting plants to match the performance and technology of their more responsible competitors like PSEG. Now, the Supreme Court that we're talking about in this decision will make the final decision on these standards, and that's 25 years approximately after Congress ordered the EPA to set them. The standards will reduce mercury emissions by 75% while greatly reducing many other highly toxin, uh, toxic pollutants. Uh, Jim, thank you for holding our reconnecting and welcome back. Um, for people that don't understand, some people might scratch their heads and say, wait a minute, you said the Clean Air Act got it right in 1990. And in December 2011, the EPA issued the MATS, the Mercury and Air Toxic Standards. So, you know, aren't in effect these, uh, you know, big coal industry CEO executives Uh, violating the law with regard to the Clean Air Act and uh, with regard to these EPA uh, standards, that they're violating these standards. And if if nothing else, some people might say, why does this even have to go to the level of a Supreme Court? Because there are these standards and legislation in place.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tempting for me to feel the same way. Uh, Well, the first first point about the timing is that EPA gave uh, the coal industry three years to meet the standards. Uh, and the idea there is that, you know, it could take time to put on controls, and they wanted to make sure that there was plenty of time uh, to, you know, to add whatever needed to be added for the standards to be met. So um, so some of the plants will start, will start actually cutting their emissions this year. Uh, other plants, I think about 170 of them across the country, have uh, applied for and got a, a one-time, one-year extension to put on controls. But one way or another, this year and next year is when the reductions will will finally start to happen. If the if the Supreme Court uh, leaves them in place, there now, are I people. Think... Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. There was a, there was a second part of that question. Oh, why why is this have to be addressed by the Supreme Court at all? Well, the the power industry is arguing that. EPA should never have even decided to regulate the power industry. Uh, that, that uh, even though the power industry is the single worst emitter of mercury and arsenic and lead and all those other pollutants, uh, it wasn't even appropriate and necessary to set any standards to control their emissions.
0: Wow, it's uh, sometimes it seems like you know it's it's just such an uphill uh, battle. Um, If uh, the Supreme Court allows MATS to take effect, then that would prevent, you said what, up to 11,000 premature deaths each year, along with nearly 5,000 heart attacks, 130,000 asthma attacks. And by the way, uh, my son was just diagnosed with exercise-induced asthma, and one of the things that the pediatrician and the allergist said is that more and more children are being uh, diagnosed with asthma, and that's got to... Um, that's got to play into the environment. And if we look at from an employer or corporation's uh, mindset of that bottom line, you're talking about more than half a million missed days of work uh, that will be prevented by this as well.
1: That's right. If you look at it as a parent, as, as you are and as I am, the idea of your child getting sick because the power industry doesn't want to clean up its pollution is just uh, really kind of unbearable. Uh if you look at it with your green eye shade on, uh, the cost to society of not cleaning up this worst of all polluting industries is way higher uh, for the public to bear uh, than it is for the, for the industry itself to clean up.
0: There are a lot of people um, that have children like you and I do, Jim. And when we talk about the neurotoxic effects of mercury, I mean, one of the problems people had with the MMR vaccine was the mercury at one time, which is no longer in those uh, vaccines. Um, but we are talking about babies. We are talking about children who have exposure to mercury, harmful exposure. Um, this ha- neurotoxic effects, my, my husband had talked to me about it, uh, you know, in the past. And actually, I, I was, you know, going through a sick time taking medication and drinking on top of it. Um this can affect the ability for a child to develop properly, and obviously if it affects, uh, neurotoxins have a huge effect not just on the nervous system but on the brain, and that can affect the ability for a child uh, to learn. In other words, you know, our children are being poisoned by the air they breathe with these toxins through the air.
1: You know, that's right. It, it affects babies and children when they're most vulnerable, when they're in the womb and when they're just born and they're nursing that's when they get a dose of mercury, uh, either from their mother's bloodstream or from their mother's milk, um, and it's also when they're most vulnerable to the effects that mercury have because uh, has because mercury affects the, the nervous system and their nervous systems are just developing. So, you know, being exposed to mercury at, at that time when their brains are just starting to develop can have uh, damaging effects on their ability to develop, on on their IQ when they grow up, and on all sorts of other aspects of their development. In fact, the Environmental Protection Agency has has said that the problem is is widespread because 7% of women of childbearing age in America already have enough mercury in their bloodstream in their bodies to put their children's development at risk
0: absolutely terrible. Jim, thank you for taking the time. Uh, Jim is a staff attorney at Earth Justice's DC office. Follow Earth Justice on Twitter at Earth Justice. The website for them is earthjustice.org.
1: How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, Grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.